Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Would you lift up your hands and let's just begin to invite his presence in again. Before we go any further, just begin to allow the Spirit of God to calibrate your mind and just get you focused again and put your faith in a position where you're ready to receive. This is much like like what we do when we come together as a family and we're about to say grace. Because what you're about to eat will change your life and will grow you spiritually. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your wisdom and guidance and direction. We love you today, Jesus. We love you today, dear God. We come here because of you. We don't come here because of people. We come here because your presence is here, God, and there are hearts that are hungry. So you see every need today in this building, and we know that we're going to walk out with what we need. Even the things we don't realize we need, we're going to hear today but because God of hunger. You said, they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So fill us today, God, and receive all this in Jesus' name. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Would you grab your Bibles? And I want us to go old school again today. I want you to stand to your feet, grab your Bibles, open to the book of Peter. First Peter, come on, grab your Bibles. You need to stand up anyway. Some of you are falling asleep. That's like, that's like the preacher that looked out there in the crowd and, and uh, he looked at, at a man's wife and he looked at her and he said, ma'am, if you don't mind, could you wake up your husband? He's sleeping. And the wife looked back at the pastor and said, well, pastor, you wake him up. You put him to sleep. So, I don't want to put you to sleep this morning. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. We're going to expound a little bit, and we're just going to begin to talk about things that are relevant for us in this season and things that are going on. We have to do a lot of praying, folks, right now. It's our responsibility. How many of you know that prayer is a responsibility? Prayer is a responsibility that falls on the church, and it is a privilege. God moves through prayer. So 1 Peter chapter 5, and since you have your Bibles, if you'll if you'll just turn with me there and look at verse 6, and then we'll turn to our attention to the screen, and then we'll look at verse 8. But in the Bible, it says in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Someone say, exalt you. Someone say, God will lift me up. He will. He'll pick you up. He'll encourage you. He'll strengthen you. He'll confirm you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, if you look here, and we're reading from the ESV. We go sometimes to the ESV, to the NKJV, and, you know, all those translations. But we do this and talk and teach here out of the ESV because just for simplicity. If you follow me in here in verse 8, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. For your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, 
seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Firm in your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by uh, your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, will himself, not your neighbor, not your mom and dad, not your boss, not Mimi and Papaw, but God himself is going to restore, confirm, read this with me, he will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish me. Turn to your neighbor and tell them and establish you. God is going to do something through all the things we have been through in life. And in this portion of scripture, Peter writes to the church and he begins to tell them, your adversary is going around like, not he is a roaring lion, but he's, in, he's, a, he's acting like a roaring lion. Trying to persuade people, change people's minds and make them think that it's all over. But I'm here to tell you this Sunday morning that it's all about to start all over again. And God has something new in store for all of us. Amen. Something new. So I want you to lift your hands one more time and just make this one declaration. Lord, make my heart ready in Jesus' name. Now give him one strong hand clap in this place. Come on, one strong hand clap. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, wake up. Wake up, it's time to eat. Wake up, and you can be seated here this Sunday morning. Thank you for your worship. Thank you to all of our first-time guests that are here and for all those that are involved. I do want to say this today. Um, at the end of service, someone will be at the legacy door. That's right in, when you walked in, that first door that you see straight ahead of you. And we're going to be distributing baby formula to all the mamas. Or if you know someone who has need of baby formula. I, I know now some of those formulas are expensive. And I'll tell you what, that, I didn't know it until I looked it up. But if you need help, we want you to line up over there and, and uh, we want you to take what you can. Empty the table out. Really, we want, you to, we want to bless you. Isn't God good? And to those of you who are volunteering on Mondays and Tuesdays to, ready, to get ready to distribute, uh, we will have a short meeting after church right over here on my left side just to talk about the future of what we're going to be doing and how we're working with the food bank. And we thank God for the food bank of the Golden Crescent. Let's give them a round of applause. We thank God for them. Such a blessing. So we have been choosing to be brave, and we, we recognize that bravery is, is it's an act of not void of fear. We, I think we understand the, the definition of courage. What it really means to walk in bravery means that you can face circumstances or your problems or situations or somebody um, with confidence, not with the absence of fear, but with confidence. And, and so to kind of conclude with what we've been talking about, I think today 
I think today is so relevant and necessary. Today really isn't a sermon. Today is really a message for the church, for us. I'm going to say some things today that's going to ruffle your political feathers. Are you ready? Turn to the Democrat or the Republican on your right or left and tell them, get ready. People have asked me before, what are you, Republican or Democrat? I said, I'm kingdom. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm for whatever this book says. Because it really doesn't matter what I think. All that matters is what this says. That may sound kind of fundamental and it may sound kind of uh, crass. But, but the truth is, is that it really boils down to when we stand before God is what this Bible had to say. We live in a world where we have to pick and we have to choose to make a difference. I never discuss politics in the pulpit. I never have. For those of you that are members of this church, I am not going to get into an area of choosing sides this Sunday morning. But I am going to explain to you how God talks to us. And when God begins to talk to you about things that you may not agree with, I'm, got a, I'm in a box up here, guys. Please fix that. When, whenever you hear God speaking to you, and you know that it's contrary to what's popular or peer pressure or your environment. You have one or two choices. When God begins to talk to you, you're going to either choose to obey God and you're going to vocalize it and take a stand. Or you're going to listen and just stand back. Either way, you always take a stance on what's right. Either you will decide and your actions will speak for you or you will vocalize now, I know some of you, some of you would hear something and you stand for it and only respond if you're approached. And even then, you try to be uh, diplomatic. Thank you. You try to be diplomatic about it and you try not to upset anybody and walk the fence. I've done that many times. And I know some of you also, on the flip side, once you know what's right and you see it, you will say it out loud even if they don't ask you what you're thinking. Some of you will vocalize it because you just don't care what people think, <laughs> or at least not those that you're around at that moment. But either way, the act of bravery requires for us to take a stand and to really begin to back up what the Lord is doing and saying. So I remember sitting there in my living room and we, with my kids, and we're watching the preliminary debates and I had my candidate picked out my candidate picked out and it was not Donald Trump and I remember watching all of these candidates go and they're talking and giving their reasons and and I remember all that was taking place when 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 the elections were fixing to happen and I had my guy and I thought you know I really like this guy Christian guy good head on his shoulders and as they were going across showing the faces, my kids were there in the living room. And they were just, you know, picking theirs too, I guess. And they had their opinions about, about which is now President Trump. And I, and I only say this now. I would not be saying this if my children weren't here to verify this. But, but I've known about this for a long time before this ever happened, before the elections ever took place. As the camera was panning around and it was looking, it came in, it zoomed in on Donald Trump, the Spirit of God spoke to me. 
And the Spirit of God told me in that moment, said, that is the man I'm going to make president. Pray for him. So I said to myself, <laughs> this can't be. I was like, how can you take this guy and raise him up and make him the leader of, I mean, I just don't, I don't, don't understand, Lord. But I heard the voice of God. And in that moment, I heard the voice. Then I said to my children, and my children are here, and my wife, I said to them, guys, you're going to think I'm crazy. But you see that man right there? God's going to make him president. That's who God wants to be president. And they looked at me and said, there's no way. I said, trust me. The Lord just spoke to me and told me, and even to start praying for him. So I started praying for him. He wasn't even elected yet. Nothing. And then I asked the Lord, I said, God, why? Then the Lord spoke to me. Now, if you don't believe that God talks, then why are you even here? Is that too harsh? I mean, how many of you believe that God does talk? I mean, there's different ways God talks to you. God can talk to you through the word. God can give you an impression. But everything is always going to be judged by this word and the ethics. And God is a God of principle. Principle is the key thing. So the Lord started talking to me, and he started telling me the reasons why. And he it was very clear with me. So I asked him, and I said, why, Lord? And this is what he asked me. He said, he said, have you ever hired a Christian worker or a businessman? Have you ever hired a Christian businessman is what it was. And I said, yes, sir. I said, yes, Lord. He said, did they do a good job for you? I said, not all of them. And some of them were dishonest, Lord. After getting the receipt from some so-called businessman, I've seen tools that were placed in there that were approved by me, and I saw things. Then I've had some good business, Christian businessmen that were everything they said they were. And thank God we have good Christian businessmen in this church. Thank God. God raised up people. But unfortunately, there have been some that said they were, and they didn't follow through as one ethically. And I said, so yes, God, I, I, I have, and I... And, and he said, and if they didn't do a good job, would you hire them again? I said, no. Then he said, but what if I sent you a man who wasn't saved, and, but he did a very good job for you and was honest, and he worked hard and got the job done? He said, would you hire him? I said, yes, sir, I would. He said, then that's what I want to do. Then he told me this, this man will be a, a man that will go in and go against the tide. He will expose everything. He's going to go in and take care of business, but he will be hated. But he's going to do exactly what I asked him to do. And I'm going to be quite honest with you. Even today, I don't agree 100% with him. I don't agree with a lot of things. But this is what God spoke to me and told me. Pray for him. 
pray for him. I'm going to use him. I found out that he gave his life to the Lord just not too long ago. But I found out today or yesterday, is it yesterday, I found out that even, how many of you listen to Perry Stone? Perry Stone said that, and he confirmed, that Donald Trump had a Pentecostal mother. And there's a heart there for God. And God can change people's hearts. I did not vote for Obama, but when Obama was in the office, I prayed for him like I did. And I loved him and prayed for him as a president like I should because it is the church's responsibility that no matter who is in office, we are to pray for our president. If you do not like who's in office, then pray and love them because even the Bible says pray for your enemies. Now, it doesn't matter what your political stance is. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to win your favor or trying to, because I know there's going to be people that are going to be mad at me because they didn't even catch one thing I said except I said Donald Trump was going to be president. I can't believe that Pastor Bobby. No, but Pastor Bobby, he's taking us all back to Mexico. I can't believe you talked about him. Hear what I'm trying to tell you. God always has a man that he chooses, not you. You may vote for him or against him, but whoever God wants in office, it's not up to us, except by voting. But God always makes it happen. If you do the study, Donald Trump is a Cyrus. Cyrus, King Cyrus, was a man who wasn't a believer, but God used him instrumentally to restore Israel. I've never seen so much persecution happen in my life to a president that still came out on top. It brings the fear of God on me. But I have been praying for this man, and I do pray for him all the time. Why am I saying this? Because I was, can I be honest with you now I mean I have been honest with you but can I be transparent with you enough to tell you that when God spoke it to me I did not tell a soul not even my pastors I didn't tell anybody because I was afraid because I was concerned because it wasn't popular but I repent of everything that God has ever spoken to me and felt timid not to say now, don't judge me for not having a backbone when God has spoken to you a thousand things, which you haven't said either. Because you and I know what's right and wrong. But it takes bravery to stand and to say things. The reason why I feel God is putting this on my heart, and this is not a sermon, but this is a message, is because the days are coming. Where if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And if you don't have conviction and know the voice of God, you will listen to voices that will deceive you, lie to you, and tell you otherwise. If you get your input through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you are listening to the wrong voices. 
If your counsel is Hollywood and actors and actresses, you are getting the wrong message. In this hour that we are living in, God has begun to deal with me as a pastor and as a father and as a husband and as a son that the most important thing during this season and the years to come is going to be obeying the voice of God and having a brave enough stance to stand for what's right regardless of what's popular. I am not a novice when it comes to eschatology. To all of our theological students, I am not a novice. I understand pre-trib. I understand post-trib. I understand the theory and the, the theology of leaving before the tribulation and going through the tribulation. I understand post and pre-trib. I understand all the theology of it. And the reason why I have not gone through series of those lessons in this church is because the Lord spoke to me and told me years ago, regardless of your stance on this, you have to live like he left yesterday and he's coming back tomorrow. Because there are other issues that are taking place in the world that are relevant, and the only way to get through it is to preach the kingdom of God in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, I began to feel stirred in my spirit, and I began to understand something. That God isn't always going to tell us things that are popular, and we have to be able to stand up and know what the Lord is saying. And this is what Jonah had a very hard time doing. He did not want to go to Nineveh. He did not want to go because he knew the reputation of Nineveh and the people that would kill the prophets. So he went the other direction. But he was safer. He was safe doing his assignment rather than running away from it and being in a tempestuous sea in a storm. Thank you, Lord. And when God brings a storm because we walk outside the will of God, it's because of disobedience. Why are you saying all this right now, Pastor Bobby, and your demeanor is so strong? I'll tell you why. Because God began to deal with me to be responsible enough to be your pastor to tell you the truth today. Because of all the signs that are taking place. Prophets from around the world and many men who pray will tell you that all of the earthquakes, all of the hurricanes, most of you didn't even know this, but while we were in a hurricane, there were wildfires all across, across America too. Some of you think the only, the, the only earthquake that happened was in Mexico. There are up, since the hurricane, there have been up to 30 And the civil upheaval, the civil, the civil rights movement has returned again. Not between black and white, but between cultures. Between a culture. A culture that doesn't believe that there are guidelines and principles and doesn't believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And another culture 
who believes in the word of God but is afraid to stand up for what's right. And I'm not saying that the route is to become combative. But the route is to live it and to love and to prove by action, not just words. To walk in obedience of the spirit when the God of the universe says, this is what's right. Herein is the good way, obey and walk in it. No matter what you see, no matter what you hear, in this moment and in this time, you have, if there's ever, ever, ever been a time, you have to prepare your children right now to hear the voice of God. Don't think for one moment, just hear me out for a moment, we'll get a lot happier in just a little bit. Okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make you feel good in just a moment. Okay. If you think things are going to get better, they are not. The reason why? Because the spirit of the age has already embedded itself within this generation. The only people, if you want to blame anybody in this season, you can blame the devil if you want to. But everything falls down on the family. Parents who have not been responsible to raise their children in the fear of God. And before that, parents that didn't teach their children how to go to the house of God and stay single-hearted to Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, regardless of anybody's background, at one point, this whole nation was based on the Word of God and the Bible. It was built on the principles that God had given us and given to us. This nation was founded by the Word of God. And the only way that God is going to keep us and help us through the seasons is going to be through living what this word has to say and hearing and hearing from the author of this word and obeying the voice of God as we begin to walk after and do the will of God. And when we live, we will hear. You will hear voices. You have to learn the Lord spoke to me, and I'm going to get a little prophetic, but the Lord spoke to me and told me to tell somebody that outside of what's going on and everything I have said, you have been lied to. Somebody has been told things through their spirit, through their feelings, through their emotions that are contrary to God's truth for your life. This message is for people that are hearing Opposite of God's will for your life. God's word and will for your life does not cause confusion, strife, arguments, separation, and cause you to be in depression. But it is God's will for you to be in unity with your family, to be prosperous in your life, to be at peace with your Savior, and to fall in love with Jesus Christ. It is very possible to be in a troubled world, but to be at peace with God. It is so possible to go through problems, but yet have the peace of God. We talked about this a few weeks ago when Harvey hit, and we said to the congregation, we said to you, the hurricane may have hit your house, but don't let it hit your heart. The hurricane may have hit your house, but don't let it hit your faith. And so in this portion of Scripture, 
What we're going to expound on for a moment is this one truth is that God wants us to be sober-minded. He wants us to be awake. He wants us to realize and stop getting advice and counsel from people who don't even know you. It just, it just blows my mind how people will judge their decisions in life based off the bachelor or the bachelorette. Come on. You cannot keep up with the Kardashians and Hollywood has got a hold on this generation's heart. And I know I sound old school, and trust me, I like watching Netflix. I like to go to see a good movie, but I know how to eat chicken too. I don't swallow the bones. You got to have wisdom and know and have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. And regardless of what other people say or what their stance is or what they're doing, there is a way wherein is the good way, the right way. And I'm going to give you a little, little, little hint to which way that is. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Really simple. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, you keep yourself from being misdirected the wrong way. The biggest battle that we face in the world today is right here between our ears. A thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Kill. He's an assassin. Do you know what assassins do? Who am I talking to, man? I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to somebody. This is not just a message. This is a word for somebody. I'm telling you. Steal, kill, and destroy. Do you know what that's referring to? That is referring to your body, soul, spirit. Think about it. All the devil can touch are the things that he wants to steal, kill, and destroy is the things that have eternal value. Assassins kill. You see, an assassin doesn't just show up out of the blue. An assassin keeps an eye on you for days and months and years. They scout. They position. They put themselves just right. They know your schedule. They know what you're going to respond to. They watch every one of your moves. They put decoys in the way to attract you in a different direction. And when you are separated to yourself and from your family and everyone else, that's when the assassin comes in to try to take your life. Now, I'm talking to somebody, and I feel like that God is warning somebody and telling somebody, I feel it, and I don't apologize for it. I'm telling you this Sunday morning, don't let hell lie to you and tell you something different. And sometimes it's not a word. Sometimes it's just a feeling. Sometimes it's depression and loneliness, loneliness. And when you separate yourself, loneliness is the indication of being separated from God. When you're separated from God in a relationship and you haven't prayed and you haven't read your Bible, you do not want to be around everybody else. You want to be alone by yourself and you don't care about anybody else. That is the enemy trying to get you away from the flock. You see, the shepherd always goes out to the one that's lost. Because if he's not with the flock, that means that he is not in safety. And the, and the wolves can go out and get that one sheep who is separated. But they stay together. Because when you stay together, especially in your spirit, you can be apart but yet be together in the spirit. And you're safe when you're in Christ. 
That's what the body is. You see, I don't see you all the time, but I pray for you all the time. Therefore, I may not be with you, but Paul even said, I am with you in spirit because I pray for you till Christ be formed inside of you. That's what the church is, and that's the power of the church. You're not just anybody. You are the body of Jesus Christ, folks. You are the body of Christ, and you walk with him based on what comes through to your heart. But the one thing you have to ask yourself is this. Number one, point number one, where is your, where's your mind at? Where's your mind at? Wherever your mind has been, your spirit will follow. Your spirit will follow. If your mind is stayed on Jesus through worship, through Bible reading, I sound like an old man up here, don't I? If your mind is stayed on worship... I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just telling you, I'm an old soul. I, I know, you know, I put a post about Jensen Franklin not too long ago, and he's talking about pleading the blood of Jesus on your children. Does anybody still do that in this church? I'm a, I honestly, do any of you, you even know what that means? The old timers used to say that. Plead the blood. That means that, that means that you call on Jesus and the blood protects you. And we have the grace of God in our life. And thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. But the blood. <laughs> for the blood, it gives me strength. From day to day, and it will never lose its power, because it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley, the blood it gives me strength from day to day. You know the song, and it will never lose its power. Sometimes when you don't know what to say, sing about the blood. Sing about the blood. It doesn't matter if you can sing or don't sing. He said, make a joyful noise, not a perfect one. And you got to let it out sometimes and tell them, I thank you, God, for the blood that covers my family. It covers us just like it covered Israel, God, when they were coming out of Egypt. It covers us because Jesus forgave me of my sins and my transgressions, and hell can't touch me or my family. Hell stays, you got to stay away from my children because I have covered them in the blood of Jesus today. They are saved and sanctified by your grace, and I don't care what you tell me about my children. You may have a wayward child, but if you believe that they're not going to make it, you're listening to the wrong voices. you got to hear the word of God. If he can bring the prodigal child back home, he can bring your child back home. If there is no sin too great for the blood, all you've got to do is begin to call on the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say Jesus in this house. Come on, somebody say Jesus in this place. It's the blood of Jesus that gets us through our circumstances. 
Where is your mind? Where is your mind? The apostle began to write and he began to say, if you'll just get your spirit, renew your mind, the spirit of your mind, then you will find yourself strengthened by God. Don't listen to a voice. Don't listen to voices that are going to misdirect you. But know that God's voice, he said, my sheep, they hear my voice and they will not follow another. Sin is pleasurable for a season, but it will take you further than you really want to go. Oh, man, please, Lord, no matter how big we get, no matter what kind of a building you bless us with, no matter how many acres we have in the future, don't ever let us lose that consecration for you, God. Don't ever let us lose the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. No matter where God can take us, I pray that God, your presence, will be with us every day and then our back son I got to get through because we're going to take off and we're not even at the end of the landing the takeoff strip here we go this is an airplane message not a helicopter one here we here's here's what happens here's what happens when our mind is someplace else everything else follows and when God begins to talk to you and direct you and give you wisdom, you get in a place of imprisonment where now you know the right thing to do, but now you've got to take a stance out of bravery and face opposition. And sometimes you don't have to have the right words to say. Sometimes a two-letter word is the best thing you can say. Are you ready? You know what that two-letter word is? It's only two letters. No. No. Or how about this? Two words or three words. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. No, thank you. I'm okay. Who's in this building that you need to get out from where you're at into the ark and the safety of God's will and begin to experience his presence all over again and get into a place where God can begin to work in your family, work in your life, work in every area of your life. I'm telling you, there's a better place than where you're at right now. Who am I talking to? You're, there's a better place for you right now in the presence of God. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's a peace that's there for your family, for your children, for everyone. I'm telling you, now is the time to hear. It's always been the time, but if, if there has ever been a time to hear the voice of God, you've got to open up your hearts right now and say, Lord, I'm going to say no to that circumstance or people or person that has taken me away from you and I want to hear your voice again God and I want to walk in your blessings and walk God in the right places and, and can I tell you something can I tell you something one of the worst mistakes you can make and when hell or a feeling or an emotion messes with you is try to argue with it or even try to tell it or him or her off Number two, let me just finish this up. 
you got to discern the right response. You have to choose your battles. You see, when, when, when God says the battle belongs to him and we step in and put our hands on it, then we just, not, we didn't say anything, but we just told God by our works, which represents our faith, that God, I know you said the battle belongs to you, but I want to do it myself. So God says, no problem. And here we are. We wrestle with it. Let's just say the battle is a simple thing. Let's say it's a simple thing. Let's say it's a thought, right? Let's say it is a thought, a temptation, which remember, a thought leads to a desire, and a desire leads to a passion, and a passion leads to action, and action leads to sin. So it all starts with a thought, and most of us will wrestle with the thought. And so you put your hand, you try to put your hands on a thought, and you can't because a thought is a thought, right? So what ends up happening is you end up wrestling with the thought. So anything, remember, anything you wrestle with, you give the authority to influence you. Anything you wrestle with, you give it the authority to influence you. So now you're wrestling with something that's now influencing you, and that's where we mess up. Can I, can I help you out? Don't wrestle with thoughts. Here's how you deal with it. Get your eye on Jesus. Get your eyes on him and start thinking good thoughts. Good reports. If there be anything good, anything of good report, if there be any virtue, any, any truth, anything, the scripture says, think on these things. Does it not say that? Someone say it with me. Think on these things. I, I got to give you some Bible. I have a lot of Bible for you, but just so you think that I'm not just this inspirational, motivational speaker without any Bible. I want you to grab your Bibles one more time. Philippians 4. Turn with me really quick. Philippians chapter 4. Eight and nine, listen to what it says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there be any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Period. And the God of peace will be with you. You see, there's only one way to get rid of an old desire or a temptation in your life. That's replace it with a new desire. Only one way to get rid of an old thought. Replace it with another thought. Not wrestle with desires or temptation. Even when you fast, when you fast, you're starving out old temptations and old desires. But you're not feeding them. You're not acknowledging them. You are starving them out. Listen, can I give you a, 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 an antidote, prescription for drama? How many of you would love a prescription for drama? <laughs> Raise your hand if you want to learn how to deal with drama. Only some of you, some of you are like, because you're the one causing drama, right? <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and tell them, save the drama for your mama. 
Are you ready? I, I'm going to give you a prescription. I, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm working with a physician. He's, this is what he taught me. Here's how you deal with drama. What you don't feed doesn't grow. If I had a mic, I'd drop it right there. <laughs> One more time. That, that is the key. And here we go. Well, I can't believe she said that to me. You said what? <laughs> like you're going to do something. You throw one punch, you're going to throw your shoulder out. Eh? You're too old for that, boy. <laughs> and we think we're going to resolve it. You're not. You're just going to make it worse. You've got to discern, have wisdom and love and know. Jesus said this to Pilate when Pilate asked him, are you the king? And he replied to him and said, you know what? You say that I am. And he said, my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, I would have called for 12 legions. I would have called for legions of angels, and they would have come and fought for me. And my disciples would have fought for me. I can do more than you know, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I got a purpose in my life. I have to keep myself because I, I, got, I got a future family I'm dependent on. You want to win battles in your life? If you really want to start seeing God move in your life, start letting him fight the battles. You just pray and worship and keep yourself in him and start listening to the right voices and understanding something. I'm going to leave you with this one thought. Here's the thought I'm going to leave you with. Now you can start the music. The Bible says God himself. I'm just rephrasing what I read you already. But God himself, read this with me, will restore confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That's what 1 Peter said. In other words, I want you to learn how to start trusting me. Don't be mad at FEMA if they didn't give you the amount you were looking for. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to confirm you. I'm going to strengthen you. I didn't get no response right there because FEMA did you wrong. That's all right. Maybe your FEMA did right to some of you. But I'm going to tell you, I know there are people still in this building that are hurting. I want you to know God is going to restore your house. God is going to restore your job. God is going to restore our city. God will validate you to prove to you and confirm to you that you are a child of God. You see, this takes faith. Oh, it does. It takes faith. It takes a strong man or a brave woman or a brave man to stand up and take a stance and say, I'm not going to respond to the storm. You've got to be like Jesus when he was in the boat. Jesus didn't look at everything and get worried. Jesus didn't look at everything and get worried and excited. Jesus did. You know why he was able to sleep 
I'm going to help some of you right now. I'm fixing to help some of you right now. And I don't want you to respond out of religious. Don't give me a, a, a little golf clap because this is good stuff. It's so good, it ought to be on TBN. But you ready? <laughs> you know why Jesus slept? Because he knew that what was on the inside could calm the storm at any time. He slept because he knew he could put the storm to sleep. He slept because he wasn't worried and he knew who he was. And at any given moment, he could have said, it doesn't matter what you see, you gotta know who you are. You see, Jesus slept because he knew he had a purpose in his life and for his life at that moment, it was this. You, he had to get to the other side. He had to get to the other side. And he knew no matter what, he was going to get there. Because God, he was in the will of God. He was a son of God. He was walking with the Father. He was doing nothing more than obeying his voice. He did acts of bravery. He stood strong. He stood tall. He stood confident. He stood as a son of God. And so he was able through good conscience understand that no matter what life brings me, no matter how tempestuous the storm is, no matter how bad it gets, if I'm a child of God, I can command it because he is still, he is still the master of the wind. He is still the one who keeps peace and calm in my spirit, and I know he can do all things. So he stood up, right? So he stood up and he told them, Oh, ye of little faith, how long shall I be with you? And he looked at the storm, folks. <laughs> he looked at the storm. Now, how many of you have ever talked to a storm before? You know why he talked to the storm? Because everything God created, God makes sure that he can hear what he says. What he says. Everything that God created has ears to hear and obeys his command. And so he looked at the storm and spoke to something that really didn't have personality he spoke to something that most people would call and label him crazy I don't know if you're hearing me out I'm about to end come on stand to your feet because I know people are sitting down and you're thinking I'm going to keep on going I'm going to tell you he spoke to something that didn't have a soul something that didn't make sense something that was causing problems he spoke it and broke and defied the law of science. What I'm trying to tell you is when God is working through you, you can speak to any problem you are facing. And if it is God speaking through you and it is lined up with his word and everything is confirmed and you feel that that's why it's good to praise God at all times. That's why it's good to worship God in, the, in secret and pray to him always. Because God will talk to you. See, some of you don't even know. Sometimes God has been talking to you and you get an impression in your mind. I don't know why the Lord just spoke this to me, but he told me to remind you of the story in the movie called Facing the Giants. When the coach was fixing to be fired and he was scared, an older man came to him and said to him, and gave him a scripture and told him God wasn't through with him yet. 
God had more. And prepare for rain. God always has a word for you. And he'll use whoever he wants to use to deliver it. But we were never meant to be cowardly. God called us to be brave. Not ugly, not with an attitude, not religious, but brave. Walking in confidence. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands. God's fixing to talk to us. Just, I want, God is already talking to some of you right now. I feel it. Just lift your hands and begin to worship Him. Don't play anything moving fast. Just, I want you to flow right now just for a moment. I'm going to do something that I haven't done in a while. I feel to do this this Sunday morning. As our elders come up and our prayer team comes up. Some of you have been misguided and misdirected. Some of you have been messed with. And you need somebody to agree with you right now. Or some of you have been in a battle. Or someone, somebody here has been ministered to. Regardless of what it is, as our prayer teams come up and our elders come up, I want you to come up here. We're going to pray for you right now. And we're going to speak over you. And we're going to agree together. And if you don't feel comfortable coming out to the front and taking a step of faith, you see why we invite people to step out by faith? Because it's an action and God meets you in your actions. He meets you by faith. But Paul said, I will prove my faith by my works. So you see, Peter believed he can step and walk on water, but the first thing he had to do was step out of the boat. I'm asking you to step out of the boat and learn to trust God today. Learn to trust God. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.